1: It is February 21st in the year 2020 AD. This is the Wrestling Inc. podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Michael Wiseman. Now, fair warning Matt Morgan had a City of Longwood event tonight uh, that he had to be at, but I believe he'll be posting it online, I'm sure. I believe the Fox affiliate there in Florida is running a story about him tonight, uh, his transition from wrestling into local politics. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Uh, stay tuned to Matt Morgan's Twitter. I'm sure he will post a link when it is is up. Uh, but you got me, you got Michael, and we're talking SmackDown tonight. SmackDown on Fox. So they're doing like a feature on Matt. They're doing a little feature on Matt on the. News. That's awesome. Look at that. Good for him. Started
2: from the bottom and now he's on Wrestling Inc. I mean, well, now technically he's not on Wrestling Inc. He's doing the mayor
1: thing, but really his heart. Started from the bottom. According to Matt, he was the highest paid talent. No VW at the time. (laughs) One of the biggest developmental contracts ever. So he he started from like the upper bottom ovw i'm like watching the uh what is that wwe ruthless aggression have you
2: watched oh, yes. any of those episodes yet
1: oh, yeah i watched the first two episodes
2: and it's great because like when you look at what they did with with full sail and what they did in between with uh what was a uh, fcw for a championship wrestling going all the way back to ovw and how amateurish all of that footage looks is just cracking me up
1: yes mm, that was good you paused for effect i appreciate that no, it was good. I, I'm, you know, so it's weird now. My perspective is probably a little similar to Matt's because it's like, oh, I wonder if they're going to mention Matt Morgan. Like, that's that's why I'm watching. I'm just <laughs> waiting for them to get to uh, to get to that era, you know. But in WWE's
2: land, unfortunately, no discredit to Matt, because he was a great talent, especially in TNA. But in WWE's land, Matt Morgan is the guy who they gave the stuttering gimmick to. So, of course, they're not going to mention it.
1: No, he had before that. He had like a, a good run. I mean, I don't know. It's funny. I mean, I cannot say enough great things about Matt Morgan. I keep meaning to go back. I want to rewatch his entire WWE run. I want to start a tough enough. I want to go through the entire story. Yeah. His season of tough enough uh, made me so angry. Not him leaving, but the fact that they said they were going to award it to uh, one male, one female winner, and they awarded two women. I was like, all you guys ain't shit. No, none of you get a contract that was the uh the big twist that year well they they rewarded it in the finale where they said two people not two not one man one woman yeah. So that was a good like tough enough legitimately and i've said this before tough enough is every time i stop watching wrestling tough enough is what gets me back into watching wrestling because i think you know an nxt captures that spirit uh, when they had breaking ground i love that i love mm-hmm. the real stories mm-hmm behind the talent that are trying to make a name for themselves
2: did you ever watch and i know we're gonna to get a to smack down here in a minute but did you ever watch um the ultimate fighter i did not so the ultimate fighter was great because i was i was really hot into uh ufc for a while about a decade ago and then um the ultimate fighter was good it became even better and i would say it was a great show about you know after a few seasons they switched it over to do that reality docu style format and it was just phenomenal because you you developed personal attachments to those characters. I always wished, I mean, back when they first created tough enough, it was more of a reality style format. So they
1: didn't do this. A little bit. There wasn't like too much drama. It was, I mean, remember tough enough the first season and the second season where people were going, holy shit, this is hard. I don't know right. if I can make this Right. And tough enough season one. Didn't 70% of the people on it quit. Yeah. I mean,
2: yeah, that was the whole point was you, you got to work your way through and are you tough enough, but the later seasons, they still never got there, but I wish they had done. When, when NXT, yes. would you say Andy? No, Mandy. Mandy Rose. Uh, when NXT first came on TV and they didn't know what the hell it was, and they did that weird like game show style format, oh, yes. they gave us those personal stories of Ryback, of Heath Slater, of that entire cast, and I liked that part of NXT version one. I wish they had melded that with
1: Tough Enough. I think that was the show that I always wanted from both of them. I think, I mean, they've got too much talent. That's why they're not going to bring back Tough Enough. There's literally yeah. too much talent in the WWE and NXT and then Evolve and the feeder systems they have, like, enough. Yeah, you it's know? true. You don't need it. I mean, if you want a good TV show, maybe, but all in all, you don't need it. I think it's not as, um. oh, here, here's a weird theory. I think that in this age of the internet now and the smart marks and everything being online and so accessible, I don't think there's a need for tough enough anymore because if you want to be a pro wrestler, you can find a wrestling school, you can go work indies. Like there was a much more clearly laid out path. Now granted, dirty secret of tough enough, you know, a lot of those contestants were already signed to developmental contracts, were already under OVW. It wasn't like some uh, schmuck off the street that they were like, "Hey kid, you want to be a wrestler?" Right. come on down and compete
2: you know what i did like though yeah i mean I, I, I agree with you for the most part that's right shout out from fun times with mr game super chat Gosh. love you glenn but this one is for mr wise man
1: 99 all of you to all of you buddy you asked right Raj, you asked garage geary to cut you a check
2: wait it said mr wise man i'm mr wise man so i got to figure out who this wise man character is infringing on my gimmick here i dug the hell out of that steve austin that was season, season. of tough enough that AJ was probably Kersh my one yes yes
1: And he's still he's still out there doing his thing. I mean, he's doing. I um, met the man in person. He lives in uh, the Bay Area. I uh, met him at an event when I bought the my Yolo County. Tag Team Replica Belt, which yeah. is somewhere behind the screen. Screen here. Um, <laughs> screen. I he does it. the uh, motion capture for uh, the uh, WWE games. games. Yeah. Won the Rock the Promo contest, and I think every time I've ever interacted with him, I say you should have won tough enough that season because you were the best promo. Um, <laughs> he's like enough with
2: the tough enough. Yeah, no, but seriously, he's like, he's like no.
1: He's like Marty the Moth should have won. Like actually, every time he's got like he's very humble. He's a very cool guy, and he does hood slam here in the the Bay Area. Yeah um so this this is the first michael we're six minutes in on tangents and the tangents we're talking about are wrestling related tangents well i mean technically
2: i technically rick rude and how sexy he was was a wrestling related tangent but people just i don't think bought into the hype about how interesting of a concept that really is (sighs) we're on the road to super showdown and then elimination chamber
1: five days later or whatever it is (laughs) um So here's the deal about Super Showdown. I care about Bailey and Naomi, and I'm curious to see what the outcome is Mm. of Goldberg versus The Fiend. Mm -hmm. And aside from that, I think I would rather work on my taxes than Mm -hmm. watch that pay-per-view. Super Showdown? Yeah.
0: You
1: should probably get those done. They're due April 1st. There we go. They're due April 15th, Michael, and you can go on extension. Yeah, it was a joke. See, April Fools. <laughs> uh, yes. I got you. fun times with games. Buck ninety nine to correct himself or herself. We don't judge. We yeah. don't. We
2: don't assume. Although I think like seventy percent of eighty percent of wrestling audiences men. All right. Thank you. Fun time with games. Fun times with games that could be non
1: non binary. I'm supporting the podcast. Supporting mm-hmm. you. You do you. This duo. This is a unique duo. I dig it. Yes, me and you. Uh, absolutely. So SmackDown. Smackdown tonight coming to us from Glendale, Arizona. I always like when there's a town or a street with my name in it. Mm-hmm. it makes me happy. Um, <laughs> that's Not, not many of those with me. Michael, Michael Town, Arizona. Michael Town. Yeah. Anyhow, the Usos in the New Day versus Robert Rude, Dolph Ziggler, John Morrison, and the Miz. I freaking love the Usos, and they were great out there. And then with the New Day is, is really good. I think the Usos, hear me out on this. I think I think the Usos, like the new day when they're when they're on, they're mm-hmm. magnificent. But I would say the Usos, even an average night for them, is like fantastic. They just come out there, they do the thing, that they're talking. I love the Usos.
2: I, I definitely think that little bit of edge they have really works for them i think they have a way about having that like they can have that swagger they can have that cool factor without trying too hard like so many teams in wwe try to be cool and they don't pull it off and the usos just feel very like into that zone, so I like that about them. In the ring, I mean, it's been like this for years. They are second to very few tag teams, and I know we've had this discussion on this very podcast before. But their 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 ability to go back and forth, their high flying moves, they just have great chemistry together and with other teams. And I, give me three other tag teams that are better than them right now working across America. Young oh, Bucks. Wow. Some people might say Young Bucks. I like the Usos better. Um, I, I just, I think they're one of the best in the entire world.
1: The Usos, as Greg Barnett points out, they did say it's a super kick party and everyone's invited. Mm-hmm. That was a little weird. It was a good, was, ah, you know, that they did that intentionally. Yeah. Super intentional. To get, get, get the marks talking on the internet
2: <laughs> with the, the AE
1: pot. dubs. And but you know totally what I counts. don't like? I did not.
2: I just I don't I don't like these segments where we open up and it's like, hey, we're gonna have this match with all these teams, and
1: everybody just kind of comes out and says that we're gonna fight here in a minute. So, okay, we're gonna get back to this, but first we're gonna talk about the glitches. We're gonna talk about the glitches tonight. Did this happen last week or did this start tonight? No, there was a nobody called it out last week, but I caught it when I was doing
2: social media for Wrestling Inc. And there were a couple of fuzzy moments. I thought it was a fiend reference,
1: and then it didn't happen again, so I didn't think much of it. But It did start with five bucks to set people straight, saying hopefully fans will stop with the killer cross glitches assumption, because tonight you can clearly tell it's Ali, especially the second glitch. My money is still on NXT hacker Solomon Crow making his (laughs) welcome return to the WWE, and he is hacking into the system. He is going to show up Mm -hmm. and fool us all. Could be that, or it could be the return of GTV, or it could be the return of the Raw laptop general manager it could be those things bruce hubble five dollars saying you guys are awesome thank you so much mm. bruce thank you bruce um the glitch thing prioritized me or uh, got, you know distracted me it was my priority tonight who's behind the glitches killer cross i think it looks too little clean i looked at some of the videos people were posting but no i, I don't think it's killer cross i'm my money's on the solomon Crow thing I'm telling you what? sammy callahan top talent now could come back leave impact what, behind why are people guessing ali what's the theory there i don't know but it was weird okay here was the weird part was the envelope yeah like you've got mail oh <laughs> shit. you've got mail right <laughs> there's a terrible freaking theory uh-huh. what about this thing with otis it's and tom T- hanks and meg ryan <laughs> that's actually a fantastic theory we'll come back to that later um what if this has to do with the otis thing and it's like that's what was the deal with the text message someone sent a text i did not watch smackdown last friday someone sent a text didn't send a text thought something well so the the thing going on and we'll get to this a little bit more later but mandy rose
2: last week got a otis got a text from mandy rose saying that she was going to be late to dinner and of course he delayed himself, and that's why Dolph Ziggler had a chance to show up and steal her away. Um, I think there's a much more reasonable
1: theory about that we can get to. I do not think it, this you in mail had anything to do with it. Kill Bill saying those glitches weren't NXT. I don't remember it. It was very overt tonight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very obvious. It reminds me a little bit of the Y2J thing back in the day, like when those things would pop sure. up.
2: And the announce team doesn't even address it, which I kind of like. It kind of adds to the mystery of, what is this thing? Where are we going?
1: Oh, in fact, uh, okay, so maybe let's predict with that in mind. Uh, I am air saying the light looks like Ali's handlight. I'm going to say uh, maybe we don't find out till the go-home raw before Mania. Maybe we don't find out until Mania itself. Maybe that's the mystery.
2: Hmm.
1: Who's hmm. the mystery hacker hijacking the feed? Super chat. Oh, oh you and I. Super chat.
2: Brett Balda saying second glitch was circle lights like Ali hands. If this is Ali, I am sorely disappointed already. I like Ali, but this needs to build. He's something better than bigger. This.
0: Yeah.
1: Ali doesn't need this. Yeah. But Solomon Crow, this is how you relaunch him in the WWE. Killer Cross. That this is. I love Killer Cross. Now, <laughs> full disclosure, um Jumpy. Maybe it's an actual camera glitch. <laughs> yeah. We uh hired Killer Cross uh to do some of the Blue Chew sponsored meet and greets at Starcast. Mm. Uh both him and uh Oh, his better half. Why am I blanking on her name? Um, Scarlet. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Absolutely lovely. The most professional people went above and beyond. I have a huge bias towards them just literally having worked with them and seen just how spectacular they were. Okay. Especially when Orange Cassidy no-showed the after party after we were kind of an agreement, but let's not get into that. Isn't that kind of in his that's like yeah but he had the gimmick right? too. He sent like a text where he's like oops slipped my mind. You know <laughs> that's gonna like, be awesome. I got, you know I'm gonna get paid and not do my job because oh, yeah, I don't <laughs> think we I don't think he got paid but no
2: it was about like Mark- this theory John Nelson the lights take your announcement for Mania. you know what Undertaker instead of phoning it in this year he's just gonna email it in. That's what it
1: is. <laughs> <laughs> Undertaker just got on AOL <laughs> Just figured it no. out. Attitude he, Era still alive in his. He's, he's basically like <laughs> I had a computer in the box, and I got this CD that says I get 500 free hours. He's like, if I go
2: to the AOL box and type in WWE, that's how I get to the WWE AOL site, right?
1: Hmm. Oh no, keyword WWE. Keyword yes. That's right at the time, yeah. keyword WWF
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. before <sighs> they got the F out.
1: Yes, but, but, totally on their own. Not prompted by anything, so Vince McMahon just having the (laughs) idea. Right, that
2: was his. He wanted to. He needed something edgy, so he got
1: rid of the F. Not not the pandas and the World Wildlife Fund. No, that was the part during the Ruthless Aggression documentary. I was like, oh, it's going to be one of those. It's always the problem they have right now, and and
2: I think the Attitude Era did this to a certain extent as well. But they just they kind of WWE whitewash things, and I I want like real wrestling historians talking about these things. That's what I liked about like the Andre doc and a few of the other ones. They had WWE involvement, yeah,
1: but they were more true to what actually happened. So, so John Morrison, the Miz came out, tried to make a stupid chant happen. Uh, Miz was the A-lister. He was a star. He was uh, going up against Daniel Bryan. Now he looks like John Morrison sidekick.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Ziggler came out with Bobby Roode. Bobby Roode did not get the memo about wearing the, the black leather really stood out in that red robe we got a pretty good match not breaking new ground but hey it's good usos in the new day one after that drew gulak stopped daniel Bryan backstage said he noticed brian had some holes in his game so he prepared a powerpoint presentation to help him out brian did not take it seriously um slater wanted a rematch they set that up for later in the evening and we saw the recap of what happened with otis and mandy he showed up she was having dinner with Dolph Ziggler. How much cooler would it have been if she was having dinner with Sonia Deville? I mean, that would have been pretty cool. No, that, that would have worked. Cool. Yeah. Can
2: we go back a second here? Heath Slater. Yeah. The thing he was most pissed off about, just to call this out, was that what was it? Daniel Bryan insulted his kids or something. I don't remember. I didn't I didn't watch last week. <laughs> no, that was what he was about about this week. He was still complaining about it. Well, Heath
1: Slater. What like this is an interesting space to put Heath Slater right now, isn't it? Heath Slater is still so goddamn over. Mm-hmm. Um, when 3MB ba- gets back together, yep, former world champions 3MB, it's gonna be amazing. Uh, so we saw the package, I don't know, mistext, text, whatever. Look, I appreciate the sentiment behind this Otis Mandy thing, the execution of this is, um below any situation comedy i've watched in the last 20 years and i'm counting like uh the first seasons of upn and the wb are you including canceled situational comedies oh what was the one was it like man up the one that was like a reboot of bosom buddies Uh Uh uh-huh yeah i might want to watch and i might want to watch the pilot episode of that instead of watching the otis mandy thing
2: I liked the video package. I thought they did a really good job with that video package. I thought it was, I don't know, it cracked me. I saw this stuff last week. That cracked me up. Otis is, and also Otis is in a really good spot. The fans are responding well Absolutely. to Absolutely. But this is just
1: like, this is such a cliché. Okay, so, I mean, I don't know. Just all the beats of this are lame. Oh, she could never be into him because of how he looks. Oh, it's a misunderstanding. Hope spot. It's just, it's, this is gonna, this is not going to end in a satisfying manner. So the setup here, right,
2: was um, the fact that they are going to tease that uh, Mandy Rose doesn't know um, David York here. Otis, best thing about SmackDown. Not kidding. Thank you. For I, the- I
1: think Otis has gotten over so much. Thank you, David, for the super chat. Otis gotten over so much. Just They're not putting in effort into making this creative. The vignette with him getting ready for the date looks like it was shot. Look at the Ms. Morrison once upon a time thing they did and the effort they put into that. Then look at the the Otis. Montage that looks like they shot it in thirty minutes, all in the backstage of the arena they were in.
2: I, I I think they should have given them more time last week. I don't mind the montage. It's very clear they're setting up. What, what was it? sonia Deville is like, oh, but you like Dolph Ziggler better anyway, right? Like she's in on this, and we're going to get a Mandy Rose sonia Deville feud spinning out of this, and a mixed tag at Mania, right? Ziggler Sonya Deville versus Otis oh, uh, Mandy Rose. That's where we're going, right? Sorry
1: if I just ruined the next two months of booking on SmackDown for you guys. <sighs> this could be well done. This could be well done. And I like Mandy. Love Sonya. Mm-hmm. Otis Tucker. Not my cup of tea at first, but hey, game recognized game. They uh, have got over with the fans. It's good. Dolph Ziggler. Does, does does need to be in this? He doesn't need to,
2: but also he's been playing Baron Corbin's lackey for the last however many months, right? And so I'm happy to see him do something that I mean, that opening match tonight, that four on four match was kind of meaningless. It was a good match, kind of meaningless. Dolph Ziggler was out there. Bobby Roode is out there. They're not doing anything right now. So if Ziggler gets some kind of I'm going to call it a spotlight feud, kind of like what we had with Rusev and Bobby Lashley on Raw, if Ziggler gets (laughs) some version of that that gives him more screen time
1: and it's against the guy that the fans are behind like Otis, I'm all about it. Let's do it. Giddy up. Uh, Robert Blythe saying, at least Mandy's getting more TV time. There's so much potential with her. She's never been seen all the way. Sonya as well. They're entertaining in their Demandies Donut segment on YouTube. I think they're all great. I just, good writing. Good writing. That's all I want. If we you like, go ahead. Dolph Ziggler is a talented stand-up comic. Why isn't he pitching angles? You see what happens when you pitch angles, Dol- <laughs>
2: I'm, I'm just saying, like, you, you pitch angles at the end of the day. WB says, Oh, we like what you did there. We're going to take it over and we're going to write your segments for Firefly Funhouse to be as generic and plug and play uh-huh. as
1: possible to make it easy. That's hypothetically. 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 Why did they never give Dolph a stand up comic gimmick? Why have they never given him more than that weird half ass title run? I don't know. What don't they see? Let's talk about Lacey Evans sitting down with Renee Young. Apparently calling someone a nasty, hey, term of endearment could be used in myriad ways. Hmm. This is an interesting segment, right? (laughs) Basically, there
2: were two questions. So you're an A-Young. You only have to ask two questions for an interview, which is kind of nice. But she sat down and when she went, I, I did appreciate this attention to detail. She said, you have been a bully on Raw for months. And now you've come to SmackDown and you're calling out other people. For being a bully, you know it's kind of hypocritical there. So I'm glad they addressed that. It's it's the little you know. CM Punk brings this up, right? It's the little things that make segments believable, and this is a fan makes Lacey Evans turn from heel to babyface. I think much more credible, and I, I'm I'm with her all the way.
1: Um, I think the idea of explaining it is great. The yeah. explanation was not true. Also, lean in further on the uh the Southern thing. Like, didn't she didn't she seem not that Southern when she was talking stories about like her grandpappy? Like, if you're gonna do that, go fully do- full of Dolly Parton. I want you to sound like you just literally got back from the Smoky Mountains of Tennessee. But those are not real Southern, like the way they had her portrayed six,
2: seven months ago when she was doing that whole thing a year ago, that's not so, I mean, it's a different area of the South from where I am here in North Carolina, right? It's a, like you said, a little more Smoky Mountains, Pe- people,
1: Tennessee. People really don't, I mean, North Carolina. speak like that. You you're in North Carolina. You How can smoke? you be in the South in North Carolina? I'm sorry, do you consider Virginia place. the South? Tough call. It's remember, North of us. So if it's questionable, then we're definitely the South. Well, remember, they chose it for our nation's capital because it's right in the middle. Do you consider Tennessee the South? Do you consider South Carolina the South? Because if all of those are the South, I'm in the South. How come nobody talks about Tex Arcana anymore? I feel like Tex Arcana was referenced all the time when I was growing up. And now, nary a reference.
2: Oh, I, I, yeah. Hmm. People, I mean, I don't know. Do they talk
1: about Tex Arcana? What movie was that in? I
2: have and no it idea. It was like,
1: was that Tex Arcana? I was like, well, it was really more Arcana than Tex. This whole thing.
2: If you look it up on the map, Tex Arcana,
1: Walmart Supercenter, right there in the Let's middle. See. Uh, so with Lacey, I don't know, man. I mean, look, if you want to lean on the military thing, I think that's great. I think, you know, she's a legitimate badass. There's so much you could do with it. But you got to pick a lane and just go for it all the way. What do you think they're building to with her, though?
2: I, I mean, they have the title chance, and I, I think they should have put the championship on her. It seems like they're saving Bailey for maybe Sasha or something else. But if you're still building Lacey up like this... I She announced she's going to be in Elimination Chamber here in a couple of weeks. She's the first person to announce this. The winner's going to go on to
1: Mania. Does she win that and go on to Mania? Or, like, what do you you go? So here we go. Bailey versus Sasha doesn't need a title. That turn can happen. That's a money match. You don't need anything on the line. Naomi wins the title. Lacey versus Naomi.
2: But that match makes no sense because the Yeah, she's a
1: face. Damn it. Yep.
2: How are we going to do this? How are we going to do this, man? Bailey keeps the title. I think it's a mistake. Although they did tease tonight, Bailey's never beat Naomi. And so that's her storyline. So Bailey keeps it. She gets a rematch with Lacey at Mania, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. This is tough. Hmm. I agree with the fans in the chat room. That segment was a little bit forced, but again, I'm glad they addressed that she was a bully and she has changed her mind due
1: to a variety of factors. But I oh don't know. Still a little more. Okay. This see, but we can Bianca's not Bianca Belair is so over. I do not think, I think she, she is now the fans will never boo Bianca Belair ever. Rhea Ripley has a better chance of turning heel again, returning. Well, I guess she was kind of a heel originally and then she becomes sort an of anti-hero, but you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Bianca Belair. So goddamn money. Wait, is okay. Hold on a second. This, this, this is yes. Okay.
2: Did not realize this <laughs> town, the dreaded sundown, right? Yes. Texarkana. The movie. So this is a classic 1976 movie, Um, and it is based on the Texarkana Moonlight Murders, um, and then a, they made a sequel to it uh, 30 years later in 2014.
1: I think narrative writers loved the name Texarkana because you're getting a two for the price of one in making a South reference. Mm-hmm. So if you're gonna have a character B from somewhere, it's mm-hmm. it's it's good because it also sounds a little kind of vague. Mm-hmm. Get that Arkansas bump in addition to the text bump. I would see a guy like Tucker being from Texarkana. Absolutely. Mm. <laughs> this is so off the rails. Fine, but, made a rad Horflick, yes. Yes, but Raj can't be bothered. Matt Morgan's got stuff going on. Everyone in the chat room tonight, you are the diehards of this podcast. Chris Jones, I agree. Bianca Belair is what I hope Sasha Banks would be. Mm. Sasha, I don't know if it was injury or her issues with the company. But uh, I feel like every time Sasha gets momentum going, it stops. And with Bianca, she is just riding this wave. And I think I also
2: think Sasha is going to be one of those that, once she gets big enough, she's out of there. I, I don't. I, I think her heart's in it to a certain extent, but I also think she's already exploring opportunities beyond this. She's going to be in what was it they just announced? She's going to be in um, *Mandalorian*. *Mandalorian*. Yes. Um, yeah,
1: she's going to go find other things to do. Tammy's saying, put Lacey in the pre-show battle royal with all the other women they book for <laughs> But I like Lacey. We've talked about this before. She's Liberty Bell. Yes. That should be the contest. That should be like the, um... ooh, here's the tournament amongst the women. Like to win the, the crown of the woman in WWE, they have booked the most poorly. Natalia can come back and talk about her flatulence gimmick. Like we could take every terrible gimmick they've given a female wrestler, every lackluster storyline and figure out who had the worst of all. Vicki uh, Guerrero could come back with her pig snorting or whatever it was she did. And the prize is Vince McMahon will come out and personally apologize to you mm. and hand you a check.
2: That's never happening. This just became very unrealistic. This is the most unrealistic thing to ever happen in pro wrestling. Vince McMahon apologizing.
1: He'll want you to sign something that says you can never sue the company this for man, ever. This man is so against apologizing. He brought back the XFL 20 years
2: after it died just so he wouldn't have to apologize for that failure.
1: Yeah. How is the XFL going? So pretty good. Let's get to that at the end of the show. I want to pull up some ratings for you guys. We'll see what we're looking Ooh, for this weekend. Ratings talk.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Nothing gets the fans more excited than that. Let's talk about a symphony of destruction match. That Wait, they didn't. I know what. We'll get fans excited. Matt Morgan's gonna be here soon, y'all. Just stay tuned. Uh, would you stop Just with tuned. that? Stay tuned. Stay Look, tuned. I because then Matt gets a tweet saying, "Where were you?" Michael said, <laughs> "You're gonna be there." Oh, <laughs> well, Matt. Whatever. Okay, I'm sorry. A certain blueprint of a host might possibly have confidence in yourself nobody is showing up on this goddamn podcast uh. mm. <laughs> you got michael and glenn there you go that's who i'm here for i'm here for us yes the most testosterone driven manliest hosts <laughs> in the entire wrestling inc stable are you are you and i, I kind of like the tucker and otis of the wrestling inc roundabouts hmm man now i'm just bummed well one, one of us is probably the most over guy on smackdown and the other one, <laughs> one is... of us is probably the most over guy <laughs> that and five dollars won't even get you on the bus anymore but it might let um, you buy wcw yes uh symphony of destruction match they could not be bothered to call dave mustaine or megadeth for this instead we had instruments all over the place braun Strowman and elias versus cesaro and shinsuke nakamura with Sami Zayn standing by um just was okay i like when braun and elias did this a couple years ago i thought i mean these were some spots nakamura looked like he got really hurt especially with the piano spot um credit to these guys for doing it but i don't know this almost this is a sort of match that i think works better on a pay-per-view I mean, it yeah, it does, and it seemed like they
2: just did this all for funds, right? Let's go out there and and just break things apart. I I don't know, <clears throat> I don't know why they put it on this show, but they did, so it's cool. Um, broke a lot of instruments, so I'm sure a lot of uh, band teachers everywhere are heartbroken over this. In but Saudi Arabia, was oof.
1: In Saudi Arabia, this would have freaking... the crowd. I think would have gone nuts for it because they haven't really done gimmick matches.
2: Yeah, in Saudi Arabia, they did the last one was the uh, Seth the Rollins. Basket.
1: No, oh, oh the
2: Wyatt. um That was like a Last Man Standing match, which I count as a gimmick match, but it's not a weapons gimmick match. If that's what you mean.
1: Yeah, I think the fans would have gone nuts for this. Yeah. And yeah, you I, work. I looked. There were. Did they have wind chimes? I didn't see any wind chimes tonight. Wind no, chimes but... are the ultimate instrument to throw someone into because they make a noise. <laughs> they had the uh, tambourine that worked. Not a tambourine. They, not tambourine. a piano, which did not do what it was supposed to do. <laughs> I want a gong. I want wind chimes. I want a, the weird washboard thing. Yeah. I want a jug that somebody blows into. Did you Speaking see the of tuba in the Smoky Tech Tennessee Smoky Mountains? As a former tuba player,
2: a little tuba action right there, and it didn't actually get used because that thing would literally kill somebody. But it showed up for a minute. It was awesome. They they <laughs> bounced off that piano though, dude. I mean, like if yeah. you go back and watch a gif of that, like it is. Hmm. Well,
1: here's the thing about piano. You wouldn't want to go through a piano. Well, unless you. Um, it, was, it was hollow. Unless, unless it, was it was absolutely gimmicked,
2: hollow. Right. If it was gimmicked, you would.
1: I mean, with strings in there and stuff, like, oh no, that could go really. Right. I'm saying you take all that stuff out, you gimmick it up so it doesn't look. Okay. Like there was a gong. It. It's the gong. Always and but they still the had gong. normal
2: tag rules. So this match, this tag team match, still had, they had to tag in and tag out, even though. You could do
1: whatever you wanted to. And I would argue the rules of a Symphony of Destruction match, if you have a gong, that should be the winning move. You throw your, because the gong hits and it's like, we have a winner. Yeah. That would be fantastic. I,
2: I think um, this is only the second time they did the Symphony of Destruction match, so maybe next time.
1: And I'm not talking about, like, uh, Neil Pert from Rush, may rest in peace, gong. I'm talking about, like, Bloodsport gong, like a big one that's like, you know, and you, like, throw the guy through the gong, and then, I don't know. I think that would be pretty cool. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, Nakamura, man, I hope he's okay. He uh, got pretty beat up.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Elias and Braun Strowman won that match. Video package on Roman Reigns versus Baron Corbin for Super Showdown. Now, isn't it funny that the uh, feud that has never produced a fight forever chant has uh, been going on forever? It is. I don't know if
2: it's funny or if it's just I'm laughing out of pain at this point, but. <laughs> Tuggraph. Tonight's podcast might have lower ratings overall, but higher in certain
1: demographics. That's
2: right. I don't know what those demographics are. Awesome. Well, people. Here's the
1: deal. If it's Friday night and you're watching SmackDown and you think I want to check out the Wrestling Inc. podcast, I like to think we're giving you what you want tonight. Listen, I'm nailing it. Brian Clark, Wiseman tries so hard to be
2: funny and just falls flat every time. Hell yes. I guess that just, makes me the Tucker and you are the Otis. People laugh at your jokes. They just Okay.
1: Laugh at if you know we're gonna give fans behind the scenes, I'm gonna share my favorite like angry thing I've ever received on this podcast. Because <laughs> <laughs> I want I wanna really give something back to the community tonight who's here and uh let me, let me okay uh this let is you
2: your 299 super chat donation back to the super chats out there
1: yeah uh i can't show his name want to show his name can't show his name uh but here it is this was uh after a Blue Chew ad on this podcast on facebook sent me this from his personal account hmm. Stop talking Dude, about. What, blue Did he add you as a friend first? No, no, he didn't. <laughs> let's so be friends, filled, so I can insult I you. I wish. <laughs> uh, he said, "Stop talking about blue Chew like you're some sex god. You're probably a virgin who's never had sex in his whole life. It's cringeworthy, and you look like a laughing stock, you moron." <laughs> oh, that's that is good my stuff.
0: favorite
1: favorite fan message I've ever gotten. That's oh my that. gosh. Mm. That's yeah. Uh, what? Why is it that? Let's just talk about this for a second, right? Let's just. <laughs> Let's just
2: go off here. Number one, um, yes, Rick Rue, just to answer the question from previous podcasts, is a sexy man? Number two, more importantly, <laughs> speaking of sex, why is sex always the litmus test that people will hold up against you to say, you're a terrible person because you've never had sex, right? What is that? Like a test of somebody's like, is they're a good
1: person or not, right? What? I don't think we've ever had a Blue Chew ad when you were on the podcast. Yes, we, we have. Yeah. Okay, so sometimes I like to... I like to set a scene. Yeah, I like to talk about how it fits into the context, perhaps, of what you got go- going on with your lady or man friend as a result. Mm-hmm. And I guess uh, the advice I was giving was just a bit too real for that gentleman. Mm. <laughs> yes, Joey Adoration. That was Raj's burner account. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, good lord. Anyhow, back to SmackDown. Play a little Marvin Gaye. Really set the scene. Just I right. always say Charday. Uh, <laughs> S- that's always the an or Enigma, if you really want to change yeah. it up and get down.
2: But you've never had sex in your life, so you're a terrible person, according to
1: Raj's murder account. <laughs> yeah. I think back, it's funny you say this. Like, do you remember? I mean, you're younger than I am, but I remember it was like a big deal. So wouldn't that mean I'm more likely to remember, or yeah. I guess, okay. Uh, no, I remember uh, what it was like to be a young man and be like, oh. coming over tonight we're gonna hang out i'm gonna put on the right music and that's gonna set the tone and then yeah that's this is how young men think Uh and um it's just it explains why you know it's like i I wish there was so much i could erase from those years so can i
2: tell you something since we're just sharing stuff on the podcast why this has now turned into the glenn and michael share story time hour um i am younger than you i have been married eight years i have been married to my wife for a very long time since right out of college i've been married uh, 10 years as of this fall i did not have a lot of those awkward post-college early 20 years of setting the tone and inviting people over i invited somebody over as my fiance. <laughs> I, uh,
1: I i had some living you know i was in a band yeah, we discussed man. these things on the podcast everybody's path morning. to this kind of thing is different which is why i think this whole i people banks
2: i think it's hilarious because people's expectations around all this stuff is so – you can't take the internet seriously, right? Sure. But just like, y'all, just live your freaking lives. Go out there and be happy with somebody. Like, all this stuff, I think – I hope people are having fun with the podcast. And I love doing this because it's fun to do with you and Matt. And, and we just have a good time here, right? But these people who get on there are like, this was garbage and I'm cringeworthy. Go out there and find something more positive to do with your time. We, we complain about pro wrestling, but those guys are out there giving it their all.
1: Just, just enjoy. Kumbaya is what I'm saying. Kumbaya. Um, although uh, Bukade is asking for advice, what music would you put on to get brownie points with a lady friend? I'm going to just put this out there and tell you do not make this mistake I made as a younger man. If uh the lady or gentleman of your interest is coming over and they go, Oh, they're really into this band, uh like my ex-girlfriend that was really into the red hot chili peppers, I'm gonna put on their favorite music. Okay. Don't do that, because you want background. You don't yeah. want something that is going to. This,
2: like, this is isn't about it. like this is not like jamming out like
1: oh I'm really into the music yeah, right? Did you want to spend the whole night talking about the right. Red Hot Chili Peppers <laughs> and like going deep in the discography? Mm. Is that is that your goal? Because that that'll what you do call it? it now. Going deep, <laughs> going deep in the discography. Going deep in the discography. Because that's what'll happen if you put on <laughs> your object, your affection, their favorite music. That's what you're going to be talking about. Not like you want something um, and don't. Don't like and just this, this is straight up. Don't think like, oh, I'm gonna put on Barry White or P. Bob or something that's gonna like set the mood. Yeah, I think you literally just want background, man. It's like music, and and this is the biggest thing about growing up that guys don't get. Be comfortable in your own skin, mm-hmm. be comfortable with who you are, be interested in the person you're with and want to have a conversation Absolutely. with them. And it's really just about forging a connection. It's not yep. about it's not about the theater. Of, of the situation of thinking if I do this, then they'll think this and then this will happen. It's like uh, be cool with yourself and show show interest. That's it's that key.
2: confidence factor, dude. I mean, if you are comfortable with who you are, right? And we all have things we grow and change. We're going to do differently. I mean, I'm, I'm a different person than I was eight years ago when I first got married, whatever, right? But I am still comfortable with who I am and I don't let other people's perception of me tear me down. So I put on whatever to try to impress people. And that confidence is what attracts a good partner.
1: I think part of it too, and I think young men fall into this trap that when you're 16, 17, 18, 19, you, you don't have anything going on. What's that Adam Carolla uh, quote? You know, at that age, you've got like uh, half a boner and in a tube sock, like uh, like that's that's where you're at in life. Um, you have <laughs> nothing going on in life. So I think that the idea is um, if you have interests and you have things that you like to talk about, but better get interested in other people, I mean, I'm going to save you right now hours of your time and five ninety nine dollars in the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Want to know how to win friends and influence people? Be interested in people. Be genuinely interested mm-hmm. and uh, have conversations. And yep. people, when they feel comfortable enough to open up to you, guess what? They'll like you as a person.
2: Yep. Yep, That's yep, it. yep. Always ask, ask them questions about themselves. Like People do love talking about themselves, and I don't say that meanly. I say that as that's a great just ask people questions somebody says something dig deeper get to know them it forges great connections absolutely i, appreci- I appreciate anthony jcp right now trying to get us back on track the light is the same light on <laughs> ali's glove just it's ali light.
1: he's it's like why won't anyone listen to me <laughs> oh
2: oh then he says anthony jcp here if it's not ali it has to be killer cross this dude he is he is keeping to this man we gotta this this envelope well, is all about and let me,
1: it. you know, and this goes back to it. This is why the Otis storyline is so ridiculous because Otis is acting like an immature 13-year-old. Like, this is why it's not believable. This is why it's not believable. If I yeah. was a child, I would believe this Otis Mandy thing. And by the way, I'm not gonna go down the thing and say, like, oh, the problem's toxic masculinity and yada yada yada. But part of the reason why I think uh people, men and women, go through such screwed-up phases uh in their teenagers uh years and early 20s and bad relationships is because we grow up on all this media that tries to tell us relationships are about this almost kind of comical theater of courtship as opposed to real human connection so i think this this is something
2: that what that is something that um what's the dude from parks and rec um aziz um i'm sorry yeah and sorry he was talking about at one point which i mean you know he was accused and whatever else of of something not as serious as all the other accusations but kind of taking it too far and not reading the signs right and it's always been played up as like romance and sex is this kind of game where Somebody says no, but you keep pushing on because you got to woo them over. And what kind of dynamic does that set up? And there's a lot in that, right? But I think really the problem here is that WWE isn't even thinking that complicated. WWE is just putting out base level storytelling around all of these things. Like they're not even, there's no depth to what they do with these storylines.
1: Yes. It's literally, uh, she's hot. He's fat. It'll never work.
2: Yep. She's a bully. I mean, how many storylines do we have right now around somebody being a bully?
1: Yeah. It's stupid. (laughs) <laughs> which is really weird too. I mean, even the thing with Lacey where they were trying to touch on, I mean, obviously again, there was another real life story about a child being bullied and uh, the ramifications from it this week. I mean, trying to even say with Lacey, like, Oh, you were kind of a bully and bullying is an epidemic. So Lacey has to go out there and announce bullying because now she's a baby face. It's like, they do all this stuff with be a star and whatnot, yep. but it's like, they like, do these shitty storylines. Yep. Um, And, and here's the difference between, you know, uh, Roman is an antihero, hero or someone, it's like if someone is funny or clever or has a point of view, you could say something that's mean-spirited, but mm-hmm. they just don't, you know, uh, great example, uh, Seamus, uh, Ali, or uh, uh, Shorty G, you're short, you're a rat, you must be exterminated. <laughs> right, right, right. That's not clever.
2: That's nope. not interesting. It's not good writing. It doesn't create a compelling character. It doesn't engage a viewer. Nobody's out there like, yeah, you're right. He is short, especially not here in 2020 where, where most of TV is very nuanced with the way it deals with characters and storylines.
1: And MJF, at least you go like, man, I admire what a freaking asshole he is. Like he's so next level with it and he's doing it. It's like, I'm not condoning it, but at least he's almost turning it into an art form. Well, there's nothing wrong with being a jackass. Like there's nothing wrong with that, but he's got to be an interesting jackass, right? I mean,
2: Breaking Bad, the whole premise of that show is that Walter White is a shitty human being, but they make him interesting through the course of creating this character around Heisenberg. And MJF, he's so great at what he does because he's not just shooing out these short, like these lines that are just, you're short, so that's it, you're ugly. He's getting out there and he's like picking out characteristics and facts that cut really deep And that is, it's like what The Rock used to do, right? He used to pick out these things that are hugely entertaining. He was kind of a jerk, right? But it works for that character. And WWE is simplified to,
1: oh, they're a bully, so they're bad. And that, whatever, whatever. I even say, I am a big fan. uh, And it's certainly not politically correct. I love roast humor. Going Mm -hmm. back to the Friars Club Mm -hmm. roast, so the Mm -hmm. Comedy Central roast. But with that, they put so much effort into that. You know, mm-hmm. and I think that's the thing. I think, um, and that's a good example. I mean, look at how many people are there at roasts, like sitting up there on stage, having the most terrible things said about them, but they're laughing their ass off about yeah. it. Yeah, you know, it's an art form, and like if this goes back to what we're talking about. Getting back on the subject with like Baron Corbin, it's just like, dude, Baron Corbin, you're a great heel. It's great the crowd hates you. Um, I think you just need slightly better material, and you need to get the hell away from Roman Reigns.
2: Yep. Yep. Especially because he's been beaten by Roman twice, but also because they don't seem to know what else to do with him other than this dog food shit. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I'm surprised, you know, if this were the Attitude Era, dog shit would be the next punishment after uh, the dog food. (laughs) There was that comment this week, I think, made by Jerry Lawler that uh, they are looking to let
2: wrestlers be a little more free in the way they give promos and being more true to themselves, which I hope I think there's the bullet. We, we talk a lot about the Britt Baker promo that happened this week or last week. It was where um, that Tony Khan wrote, right. And that was bullet pointed by Tony Khan with some input from Cody Rhodes. And it was a great promo because she got to have elements that she owned. And that's what we've got to see more of. I, I think there's nothing wrong with having writers, but they can't script because these characters have to, unlike TV shows as much, These characters need to pull something from within themselves to make the wrestling character
1: real. And by the way, Jeff Ross ain't expensive. WWE, for probably what they pay their average writer in a week, could have Jeff Ross come in for an afternoon and give them some amazing material for Baron Corbin or any of their heels. Mm. Mm.
2: Mm. You know, they can just ask us. I mean, listen.
1: At this point, Brian Almeida saying uh, he could confirm that recruit was sexy. I answered all the women who cared for me fawned all over him as a kid. But did they have like bad taste in men? I mean, I don't want to get too personal about it, but he looks wow. like that kind of guy. Like, wow. this is a bad decision that you will end up worse off at the end of it than you were when you started. Mm, I, I,
2: I think that's some level of blasphemy you just said there. You think Rick Rude looks like the like the, the upgrade husband? I'm saying that in 1989,
1: he did. Yes, absolutely. In 1989, he looked like a bad uh, weekend in Acapulco. No one talks about going to Acapulco anymore. When I was a kid, everyone was going to Acapulco in the 80s. Uh, but yes. was <laughs> that all the 80s were? The 80s were Sexy Rick Rude, Texana, Texarkana tex and Acapulco. Texarkana, yeah. Uh, humor about timeshares. Quicksand was a big uh, national concern. Mm. Uh, lots of references to the Pied Piper. You don't hear people talking about like, ooh, they're like the Pied Piper. Anyway. Even M
2: mentioned it in that hit song from 8 Mile.
1: <laughs> he performed it like a month ago or three yeah, weeks ago. that song's almost 20 years old. Wow, kind of crazy. Um, John Nelson says, I think Glenn is Rick Rude ab envy. Look, I've said this. I just want one of Finn Balor's abs. Just one. And I'd be good. Good times anyhow let's talk about a moment a moment of bliss tonight uh talked about the hall of fame class i didn't see Did this break ahead of time i knew the bell twins were gonna be on smackdown but i was actually surprised they're being inducted in the hall of fame good for the bell twins
2: yeah i don't think it broke anywhere typically they hand out these uh, yeah hall of fame exclusives to like sporting news one week and then sports illustrated the next week or whatever else but no um this was a pretty good shock i think i don't i didn't hear this in the rumor mill yeah, th- not exclusively broken by Sports Illustrated <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, right. It's cool, though. I mean, like they're, they're it's, it's an awesome time. They're both pregnant. I'm glad to see them getting some love. I know that the Bella Twins were not the most loved women's wrestlers in the history of women's wrestling in WWE. But you know what? They did a lot for the business. They did a lot for reality TV around pro wrestling, and they deserve this
1: absolutely. I'm just no comment. Uh, Jerome uh, King is saying Rick Rude looks like Ron Jeremy on steroids. And for, then, a certain, for a certain age group, that's going to pop big with you.
2: And Mucati pointing out here, why have a six pack when you can have the whole keg, Glenn? Uh,
1: I got to I gotta start doing yoga again. I got to get on something. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to that WrestleMania meetup. People going to take photos. we look at the photos and be like, good Lord, I've let myself go. When I started this podcast, I was in much better shape even. Maybe that's what brought it down. <laughs> Maybe that is what brought it down. Like, mm. now I'm just, like, like shame-eating vegan food to cope with uh, the, the stress of having to watch and talk about SmackDown and Raw. Wow. yeah, We all have our ways to cope. And that's what everybody's so,
2: thinking right now as they watch this podcast. We all have our ways to cope.
1: Heath Slater versus Daniel Bryan. And according to Michael Cole, Heath Slater also put off the uh, triumphant feat of being on commentary at the same time. Yeah. Which is impressive. <laughs> impressive. I can't believe... And Corey Graves, that was actually... This was okay. I mean, uh, the Bella Twins, props to them. I'm, I'm glad they're getting inducted. Uh, let me just go back a second and give them their props because I feel like we glossed over there with the Rick Rude. Uh, when I went to Evolution, by the way, the Bellas, it was like neck and neck with Becky Lynch. Now, granted, this is when Becky was first taking off, but I saw more Bella's merch at Evolution um, than any other female wrestler by like a wide margin. Becky well, was is- probably second. Well, this is what I said a second ago, though,
2: is that they deserve. I mean, I know that there's a certain disposition against them because people feel like they weren't great wrestlers and this, that, and the other, and they all have their reasons for doing it. But what they were at the time, and they were a transition team. Like, if you think about women's wrestling before the bells and after, there were two very different different eras, right? And the bells were kind of in that time where WWE went to a certain type of, we moved away from Trish Stratus and Lita, and then we moved into, we've got to have these women that kind of just are more of a... Um, I don't want to say valets, but they don't they don't wrestle as much, and they have quick matches. They're more of just glamour, right? And um, but I think they did try to infuse some wrestling back in there and kind of bring it back. So, uh,
1: you know, they deserve this again. They, there are a small number of women that really held things down on lock. I mean, certainly Natalia uh, could be credited with that. Uh, uh, my beloved Alicia Fox could be credited with holding down that women's division for uh god over a decade Mm. uh melina um i think the bella twins though i mean correct me if i'm wrong i think without the bella twins i don't think we would have had total divas nope nope um i mean they definitely brought a lot of new people into the product and let me say this i think they got people interested in women's wrestlers um in a new way that was the launching pad for the NXT women's revolution page, the four Horsewomen, and everything that came after. I think without the Bellas, I think they, they lit the spark. And so I'm very glad to see them recognized.
2: Absolutely. And it's also worth pointing out that the work they did on total divas and then eventually total Bellas did bring wrestling fans into the fold. I know people who watch those shows, right? And maybe they didn't engage with the WWE product every week, but they had some idea about who these women were. And I think it spotlighted women in general in a more positive way than we had seen. Even going back to the
1: Attitude Era, we had great women's well, records and Trish I mean, Stratus and that's, Lita. Let's but- not gloss over some of their lesser storylines. The whole reason why Bree got hooked up with Daniel Bryan because of that storyline where they wanted to deflower him because they confused vegan with virgin. Like, mm-hmm. the Bellas did not – they were not uh, out there, like – Always at the forefront of empowerment, but I think they made the best of a yeah but, bad
2: material. But all wrestling has had. I mean, Daniel Bryan was involved in that as well, and we don't take away
1: credit from him because he was involved in that. Like there is always oh yes, they, the interesting double standard. But they thought right. he was a virgin. So as we talked about earlier, I bet you Vince McMahon thinks that's the ultimate diss. Right, right. I'm just saying that like the Vince of- sent me that message on Facebook. Oh my God, it all makes sense now.
2: It's Vince McMahon Raj. And so Vince McMahon's actually been doing the podcast with Ryback all these weeks. This is wild.
1: Perhaps Uh, Robert Blythe just want to call out saying the Bells make a lot of sense for Hall of Fame. They pull off the rare feat of leaving WWE, coming back and being better than they were the first time around. And I got to give them credit for that. That comeback, um, they, regardless of what you thought of their skills before uh, or when they started, I think they greatly improved and uh, were able to hang with one of the most competitive women's wrestling eras the WWE's ever seen.
2: Do you remember how crazy it was when they left? I remember reading that that they were leaving to go
1: pursue Hollywood and I was like this is the most insane thing ever. I forgot That's- it happened cuz I saw there's like a shoot interview out them out there with them when they left and it was like mo- most people don't even know that they left. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Jackson Collins with the super chat saying we need two shirts for you two knuckleheads. <laughs> yeah, the 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 B team of the Wrestling Inc. podcast. I uh, think they,
2: there was a name for our show, Doctor um, Doctor and Wiseman.
1: Yes. Uh, however, okay, so-, That's, so that
2: is our our marriage advice counseling show. Yes. That 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 one.
1: Richard Moore saying there are other women in WWE who go in before the Bell Twins. Of women like Miss Elizabeth. Look, I still say it is a travesty that I sometimes have trouble sleeping at night knowing that Kid Rock is in the WWE Hall of Fame, but Cyndi Lauper is not. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Kid Rock, he'd be rocking the house. The Bella
2: Twins deserve to be in the WWE Hall of Fame more than Kid Rock. They don't do it based off of seniority either. And I I totally, I mean, I think there are lots of people you could say deserve to go in before it. They try to build these classes to be entertaining classes, not just to say who deserves it the most this year. That's why you have some legends who have passed
1: away. Some people who are there. It it does not pick this. They deserve it. And if you say, oh, well, Kid Rock got in because of the Taker American Badass theme, then Limp Biscuit should be in the goddamn Hall of Fame because isn't, Roland was the coolest Undertaker entrance ever. Isn't Bob Barker in the WWE Hall of Fame? I, I mean, mean, he's in the celebrity ring,
2: right? Yes. But like, like he was only on. Um,
1: oh, yeah. No. like Drew Carey. I mean, yeah. well, Drew deserves that. Drew competed in a Royal Rumble. St- many people have competed in Royal Rumbles. I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> but, you know, um, is Pete Rose in it? He's not in the real one, and he should be. Anyway. If you go to Las Vegas and you go to the Mandalay Bay Hotel mm-hmm. and you go uh, to the mall at the Mandalay Bay Hotel mm-hmm. where uh, there's a very good pizzeria with great vegan options. and a on Vegan options. No, uh, uh, Slice of Vegas, I believe it's called. Mm-hmm. When you're walking by there through the Mandalay Bay uh, and you look And you will see the sign every day. It's a memorabilia store. And there's a sign that says, Today Only Pete Rose Signing Autographs. Every time I'm in Las Vegas and walk by there, Pete Rose is signing autographs. I wonder who he owes or how much they're paying him. But he is there every day Mm. signing autographs in Las Vegas. Trying to get the Hall of Fame. It's okay, though. The Astros. Am I right? Am I right? I vaguely know what you're talking about. <laughs> um eh, anyhow no more tangents let's uh talk about Heath slater versus daniel bryan daniel bryan got a quick win here michael cole thought true Gulak was Heath slater mm. <laughs> corrected him true gulak that powerpoint gimmick is the most underutilized untapped gimmick and matt morgan i wish you were talking about this matt morgan is a huge mark for the powerpoint gimmick yep when oh when will they give drew gulak a real push do do you I, i was gonna say i
2: mean what do you do with drew gulak i mean it seems like maybe they're setting him up for a match with daniel bryan which i would be all about right um i think those two could have phenomenal chemistry in the ring but it does seem like right now they just don't know how to use him
1: i don't know man i mean he's like he was champion he was a cruiserweight champion and he was a mean guy and then they brought the powerpoint gimmick back and he's on smackdown i don't know what's going on drew like drew we want better for you um i have no clue what's going on with daniel bryan in his career right now he won this match um is he he well he's not going to saudi arabia so th- yeah they'll give him a new yeah. feud maybe for elimination chamber maybe is he in the chamber match i don't even know yeah i don't think they've announced that yet they're saving all that for after super showdown Oh, Dolph Ziggler gave Mandy Rose, a uh, offered her a ride in his car.
2: Yeah, that was the, a weird segment where Otis was kind of in the background and then kind of he does the Michael Myers thing
1: where he pops out from behind the bushes and mm, it's going down a dark path, I feel like. And by the way, let's talk about more of the mistakes of young men. Here's one that every teenage boy needs to hear, maybe some teenage girls as well. So I'm, ge- I'm generalizing here with gender stereotypes. Uh-huh. That's what you should always do. But if you like somebody. And you feel like they're legitimately into someone else, like whining and moping about it ain't going to make them like you more. Right. Right.
2: You, you, you can be in love, but yeah, there, I, there's always this thing that like, I was really into this chicken high school. And oh, we've like, all
1: got the stories.
2: Right, right, right. And then, you know, you, you get a broken heart, and you're like, oh, I'm so sad it was always in love, whatever. And then the song comes on the radio, and you're like, oh, I'm so sad. What no, no, but here's
1: the question. This is why this is going to be telling about teenage boy things. Is this someone you had a relationship with, or just someone you liked who didn't like you that you pined over and got really depressed? No, no, I had a relationship with them. Oh, okay. It was a breakup. Because so, I was going to say, myself and I've known many people, they get really just bummed about, oh, I like this person, they don't like me, and you treat it like it's a breakup. It's like, you had no relationship, dude. Like again, movies really give people a false sense, I think, of human interaction. But point is, tonight, like uh, Robert Blythe saying, Otis came across as a creepy stalker in that segment. It's like, dude, this is, like, don't play him like a sad sack. He's over with the crowd. He's, He's already got that baby face pop. Why do you want sympathy for him? They'll go, like, and by the way, if Mandy is really into Dolph, and then Otis kicks Dolph's ass, like, that's kind of weird because, dude, like Otis <laughs> right. Mandy, Mandy don't owe you shit, buddy. He just
2: seems petty at that point. I'm just gonna yeah. beat up your boyfriend. Yeah, you know, Martin Malone. It's... Gotta love Martin Malone here. If this podcast didn't exist. I wouldn't have a clue what happened on Raw or SmackDown. Thank you both. People who are watching. Not a clue what happened on
1: SmackDown. So we're we're getting through this, man. We're getting through this. Um. So okay, here we go. This was a high point tonight. I feel like uh, you know. Don't think that it's all negative again. I think the symphony of destruction match was great. Love that the bellows are going in the hall of fame. Um, but this Naomi versus Carmella from the number one contender spot to get the match in Saudi Arabia. Um, what could you say, man? Like, it's interesting. So, Carmella had her title shot last week, the one that she won the uh, the match that two weeks ago we were all. A little bent out of shape of Naomi not winning like that. Yep. Carmella had that opportunity last Friday.
2: Yep. Yep. They Well, they announced that that match was going to be for super showdown. And then last Friday they went ahead and gave it to her. And then I don't know this
1: Friday, she gets another shot at it. It was, I think they've kind of butchered their own storytelling here, but Naomi crowd is so behind her. I am very excited for Naomi and Bailey to wrestle in Saudi Arabia because um we're going to have, the last women's match was truly an exhibition. You had Lacey and Natalia who on TV were trashing each other, went out there and had like this very friendly, emotional match, but now we're going to get like real storytelling against this historic backdrop of the title being defended. Mm-hmm. Like again, I mean, even if, even if you have issues with the Saudi Arabia shows, and I understand myself, Matt Morgan, other people do. Um, like this is going to have some real emotion and power behind it. So I, you know, I do not want to take anything away from these two women and what they're going to accomplish there. And I think that, uh, yeah, Naomi, man, I hope they, I hope they really keep it going with her because she gets just such a huge reaction from the crowd. She's so over. Um, and with Carmela, it's like no disrespect to her, that Carmela's come a long way and she's some great stuff with our truth, Money in the Bank, the briefcase. She's accomplished so much. Um, but I think that like right now, how they've been booking her, um, she doesn't have the momentum that Naomi has. And I think Naomi versus Bailey, here's the thing with Bailey. Okay. Take away the fact that she's the longest running SmackDown women's champ. What's Bailey got going on for her right now?
2: Yeah, I, exactly. And, you know, I will slam this match a little bit. I think it gave it about two commercial breaks. It gave us some time. And I think Carmella and Naomi are both really good talents. So this is not a slot on either one of them. I was not into this match. I thought this match lacked some of the momentum I would have expected. I didn't think it was their best outing. But I do think the right call was made here, which is to go with Naomi. And I like Carmella a lot. But Naomi, to your point and the things you just said are all true. The fans are behind her right now. The fans want to see her succeed. And Bailey, that record's what she's got. I don't see her going anywhere else unless it is a feud with Sasha Banks going into uh, WrestleMania. But I would much rather face. see... I would I would much rather see Naomi versus a heel Banks going into Mania.
1: I don't know what's up with Sasha, man.
2: Theory from Seven Varvar. Does Sasha get involved at
1: Super Showdown? Mm. Okay, so here's my question. Mm-hmm. How familiar are Saudi Arabian audiences with women's storylines I believe and I could be wrong with this and I apologize if this is incorrect but I believe that the version of Raw Smackdown shown over there due to like you know the heat they got in when they showed that promo at the greatest royal rumble I believe uh due to dress code issues they do not show the women's matches or storylines there so I wonder Sasha Banks showing up to interfere would that get a pop from the audience I, I don't
2: know, right? So this is a weird Super Showdown where it seems like they actually have built in more storylines for American audiences And in the past. They've kind of, they've almost, it's been like a weird house show-esque feel to us. And they, they put some matches on the card, but they kind of also treat it like it's a side story. And this year it does feel like they're treating Super Showdown like a proper pay-per-view, even though Elimination Chamber is mere weeks after that. So I almost wonder if they're not putting this on there for us and not for the live audience, because also those Saudi Arabia cards, the pops and everything, they don't always communicate a- a- across the network the same way I think that a normal show stateside does.
1: Yeah, I don't know, man. Um, but yeah, this match i mean, people talking about there were you could hear her calling moves out during the match. It wasn't the the uh, prettiest or best or most technical match. But I feel like Naomi though that like that's just good booking. It's the right call. And uh, yeah, well uh, you know they had to show of respect after. I don't know. I think I think this is gonna be good. Um I, I want them to give Carmela something new and fresh and original. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like with Naomi though, they gotta tap into it. Like the WWE's idiots if they don't capitalize on this. Uh John Cena's coming back next Friday. Mm-hmm. It's exciting. Big announcement. Yeah. And then we got uh, Bill Goldberg coming out. <sighs> Talking about the match in Saudi Arabia, interrupted by the Bray Wyatt says the Fiend wants to meet him. I mean, as Firefly Funhouse goes, this was okay. The Fiend showing up at the end was very predictable. Goldberg spearing the Fiend, um, and then the Fiend disappearing. This makes me think that the Goldberg ain't winning. I mean, Brageeary Booking One Hundred One says whoever standing tall at the end of these things is losing at the pay per view. Yep, the rule of opposite momentum. is what typically WWE uses. Although. I think it's interesting. We saw the fiend.
2: Actually, he was weak for the first time. And was he though? I think he was just stunned. He laid there and held his abs and he was like, oh, I don't have six pack like uh, like Finn Balor does. No one
1: has a six pack like Finn Balor does.
2: So I don't know. I, I, I fantasy book. Not that I want to see this, but I fantasy what do you think book it would
1: take. How many crunches do you think it would take? How many crunches and how few carbs do you think it would take to get a Finn Balor six pack? over the course of a week or your lifetime? Um, I mean, let's say the uh, first off, I'm guessing 18 months before you even see anywhere close to those results. 18 months of, you know, optimal peak performance, the best supplements, the best workout regimen, the best diet. Okay. Have you seen Christian Bale and the machinist? Yeah, that was more of a starvation thing. Though. So start with that. Start, start with that. I'm going to drip it down and then put on muscle. Right. Add, add to it, right? So you got to take it oh, away interesting first. Interesting idea. Interesting huh? idea. Yes. I'm also writing a diet
2: book and we will have a diet podcast to follow this up. Can I,
1: I just get like an ab blaster or something?
2: Oh, this is good. Mark says, Glenn does captain crunches. I like that joke. That's a good joke. Stop also, geeking. don't make
1: fun of people's weight. Quit bullying. It's fine. I'm pretty upfront about my weight and my struggles with weight. Again, I, when I started this podcast in 2016, if you go back, I was 50 pounds lighter than I oh, am now. Huh. But you know, part of it, I mean, it's body image because at the time okay. I remember feeling like, Oh, I'm still heavy. I didn't like how I looked in photos. And I think that I go through periods of acceptance and then periods of like, Oh my God, I really look like that.
2: It is. It, it, I was thinking about that the other day. It is funny how like sometimes when you look at yourself in the mirror, you're like, wait, I don't feel like I look like this. And then I do. And no, then... it's
1: because we all look at ourselves in the mirror from the exact perfect angle that we can stand to look at ourselves from. Mm. Mm. I didn't know when I turned to the side, I didn't know you can't see it here. I didn't know like my nose tipped up a little bit until I saw a photo of myself from the side. Because when do I ever see myself from the side? Hmm. You know? This, this, this got pretty deep. So I'm going to get an ab blaster. <laughs> get on the DDPY. You're going to watch the machinists. Get some inspiration. Uh, you, you know, I'm going to eat like aca- acai bowls until just there's nothing left. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's going to be good times. I Six weeks. Six weeks. <laughs> wait, until, wait, wait. uh WrestleMania. You're Rick's oh, I thought you've been six weeks, so you had Finn Balor abs, and I was like, "No, well, maybe, maybe." I, I just I want to get back on the DP. I want to be feeling just better again, and I want to look good in the photos that I'm going to take with everyone. at Rick's on the river. uh WrestleMania weekend. Go to Facebook.com/slash Wrestling Inc to RSVP for that. Space is limited, and we've got like 100 plus people interested. 70 some odd people said they're definitely going. uh Just go to the Facebook page, click on events. Make sure you get in. We're going to accommodate everyone. Tammy's saying no carbs at all. I think you have to have some like complex carbs. I think you
2: got to. Yeah. No carb diet is not the right diet, especially if you're working out. You need carbs if you're exercising because that's what fuels your workouts. It
1: is the fact that people eat shitty carbs. Yes. Um, Greg Barnett saying, fun fact, Christian Bale's diet while shooting The Machinist was an apple and a can of tuna a day. That is yeah. not a fun fact. There's nothing fun about that. That sounds horrible. But that apple has some carbs in it, though. Mm. No, nah, but see, that's uh, apples are okay. If if you die, if you do one of the low carb diets, you will lose a lot of weight fast. People, show but me one will... person who eats uh, multiple apples a day who weighs over two hundred pounds. I do not believe they exist unless they're a bodybuilder. If they are if they eat multiple apples a day, yeah, apples are not what's your problem. No, nobody's I... like, man, if I could just get off these apples. <laughs> You I was going to say I eat apples. I, I'm going to reverse my diabetes by getting off these apples. I eat at least
2: three to four apples a week. I love apples. I weigh two hundred and some pounds.
1: It's not about weight. It's not about it's about, I know, how, it's you about you feel. how you, feel. It's about, it's how not how you feel. feel. it's about how you feel. Image. It's about and and to quote the late great Whitney Houston: "Learning to love yourself is the greatest yeah. love of all."
2: Yep. Although I do make fun of my my own body sometimes. I have a pear shaped body style. If you know what those are, some people have apple, some people have pear. Apple is worse for your heart because you hold all of your fat up around your chest. Pear is worse
1: because for me it's hard to buy jeans that fit because all my weight is around my midsection. I just feel like I'm built like a barrel with legs and arms, mm-hmm. basically. That's mm-hmm. This is getting really freaking personal tonight. Glenn will podcast. slim shake. No, slip. No, I thought just shake
2: weight. Ah, that's not a good comment. Never mind. Slim shake, whatever that is. Wow.
1: wrap <laughs> saying to be fair, Finn couldn't look like Glenn in six weeks either. <laughs> I got to get back. When I started this podcast, I used to get from the crowd: Glenn, "Glenn looks like Finn Balor's fatter older brother," and that was fifty pounds ago. I got that comment
2: I like this. The word die is in diet, not a good long-term strategy, your metabolism. Thank you, Dave.
1: No, seriously, DDPY works. I was feeling really good on that. Uh, shouldn't have stopped doing it. Absolutely gotta get back on that. Uh, it absolutely does work. Uh, so let's uh we talked about the fiend, we talked about Bray Wyatt. We talked about the face-off super showdown. Yay, this is who cares, Saudi Arabia. I'm gonna win, get that money. Uh, how's WWE stock doing?
2: WWE stock was up today. I think Ooh. the rumors. So if you've not heard as of late, this is actually not in our rundown, but we'll we'll, we'll still talk about it here. The rumors are that ESPN might be interested in WrestleMania. And so uh, WWE stock today, I think, closed um, right around 50 bucks. Wow. Saw quite a spike. If you notice, um, it did drop dramatically. Whenever um, the two VPs were let go, it dropped down to about 41, and I think it even went down a little bit below that point. I think the lowest point was right around 42 when it dropped from 62 to basically 46 overnight, and it has since recovered to about 50-23. So I think the rumors of um, ESPN are helping. Also, it's worth saying... I've said this on numerous times on this podcast and other ones, WWE stock is still somewhat undervalued if you base it off of their earnings per year. But stock market is mostly a game of how do investors feel about things. So It's
1: very weird. I am terrible at picking stocks.
2: Seven Varvar asks, Where's Matt Morgan when needed when talking about fitness? Listen, only people with perfect physiques aren't the only ones allowed to talk about fitness. Some of us with average physiques can give you advice too. It may not be great
1: advice, but it's advice. Nonetheless. I just feel like, Talking to Matt Morgan about diet and fitness oh God. is like talking to uh, a Ferrari owner about mm-hmm. like car maintenance. Mm-hmm. It's just like, dude, you drive a Ferrari. Like that's what you do. Ain't gonna work for my vehicle. Mm-hmm. A little different, you know. Mm-hmm. I guess, yes,
2: we did talk about Goldberg, and again, I think that uh, my final prediction here for Super Showdown is that Goldberg wins. I'm going against the naysayers. Really? Out there.
1: If it's Goldberg weird. wins and beats the fiend i might take a break i might literally protest and not watch smackdown next week want to see john cena back but come on they're going to do that to the fiend to bray wyatt the fiend's getting a little stale and bray's getting a little stale but like come on like they gotta i'm goldberg? telling you i'm
2: telling you the guy that they think that can bury the fiend is a guy who was the way they booked goldberg last The guy could bury that the fiend is double. the guy
1: that's like closest to death to wrestle on the <laughs> wwe pay-per-view that's fitting. Um, Let the I mean, WrestleMania 53. Undertaker fiend rumors start off of that comment. 53 years old. I think they're saving the fiend
2: for Taker, and I think you're going to see Goldberg versus Roman Reigns in a Spear versus Spear match of Mania.
1: Who's the oldest person to wrestle a pay per view match? Ric Flair?
2: Probably. Are you doing, especially if you include his TNA
1: days. Mm, yes. Uh, Interesting.
2: All right. Uh, what else? Last couple things. Um, I teased at the beginning so we will just talk briefly about XFL ratings before we get to aew and NXT ratings um, XFL ratings did drop in week two um, week one they were at 3.3 million and 3.2 million for the um, ABC and Fox shows in week two they dropped down to 2.1 million and 2.3 million um which is a ratings dip right um but it's worth saying that the AAF ratings um, uh, did drop as well in weeks two, but the AAF was on kind of uh, they were on like the CBS, they were on shittier television basically, they were not on ABC and ESPN.
1: Um, so, um, and to back it up a second, Robert Blythe saying from the report, ESPN's interested in the pay per views, and I am seeing people panic about paying $50 or more for them along with ESPN. Plus, look, I mean, if they go to paying anywhere near what we used to pay for pay per views before, I mean. I don't think that many people... I mean, honestly, like I think a lot of people stop watching WWE. I think AEW only trying to get money out of you four times a year is a lot more bearable than uh, the WWE cash grab. I think you could go to a model where WWE has premier
2: and less than premier pay-per-views, so you have your four bigs. I think it was a mistake when they did the network to pull WrestleMania off of traditional pay-per-view because you could charge 60 bucks for that year in and year out, and people would pay for it, right? But I think that if you had your big four, I think Survivor Series is a terrible big four, but it's one of your big four. I would I would replace Survivor Series. Money in the bank. Money. I love money in the bank. I think Knight of Champions should feel more prestigious. Mm-hmm. And so I think you put Knight of Champions in there. Every championship on the line. You have Rumble, Mania, SummerSlam, Night of Champions. That's your big four. Every year you charge 60 bucks. The other ones, you drop it down to 15, 20 bucks. You're okay. You're okay. I don't know, man. I just solved the problem for you, WWE. Hire me. XFL did drop last week. The real question is, do they drop this week? If they settle out where they were last week, think they'll be okay. If they drop some more, XFL will be in trouble. But they are getting a lot of buzz still from ESPN. I saw it at the gym today. They were still talking about XFL all the time. More importantly... A.W. versus NXT, the Wednesday Night Wars. They're going to be making a, a WWE Network series about this in 20 years, if the network still exists. This week. It'll air on ESPN+. It'll air on ESPN+. Um, we will be hosting that interview documentary series, by the way. Um, this week, Dynamite, no surprise here, won again. Now, NXT was coming off of a pay-per-view on Sunday, which I thought might help them some. Um, so the rating breakdown looks like this. AEW has 893,000 viewers. Um, that is up from their last week's number of 817,000. So AEW actually increased week over week. And then NXT um, competing against 893,000 viewers. NXT had 794,000 viewers. So they were still about 100,000 behind AEW this week. But they also increased from last week. Um So uh, they brought up about 50,000 viewers. The thing for me is if you had looked at last week's AEW number versus this week's NXT number, those two numbers were a lot closer last week's AEW at 817,000 this week's NXT at 794 NXT feels like they're closing that gap a little bit. If you go back to January 8th, when there was a gap of about 150,000 viewers, um, you're down to about a hundred thousand viewers as the gap goes and maybe less some weeks. So I think that, NXT is still within punching distance. AEW is going to get that big bounce here in about, uh, well, I guess, a week and a half yeah. um, from their pay-per-view. But um, so I think it'll go up for two weeks. But um, I don't know. NXT was a great show. And so I think that was reflected that this is um, NXT's highest
1: rating of 2020. Wow. I think they need to focus on the women more. And isn't yeah. it funny that as uh, Undisputed Era loses the gold, the NXT ratings go up? Mm. Something new. Something hard, something. Like- yes, we discussed the other night if uh, undisputed era are the T-birds, is Adam Cole the Danny Zuko and who's the Knicky? Huh, there's a theory for you. <laughs> Not a big Grease fan.
2: Mm-mm. Mm-mm.
1: That's okay. So I would just want to point out to people that watch this podcast that mm-hmm. Michael Wiseman's like, eh, grease, whatever I don't want. I'm not I'm not falling for your bake, Glenn. Mm-hmm. Matt Morgan, I drop a Grease Two reference, and we're like going on for five minutes about our love of Grease Two. <laughs> just goes to show you can't always predict what's going That's right on the Wrestling Inc. podcast.
2: Last week we had you weren't here last week, Glenn. We had get we had a third man in the booth. You didn't
1: realize it. Matt's son joined us oh. for a few minutes. Monday night, I wanted to share the story of how over uh, the holiday weekend, we watched the house party movies. Nobody nobody popped for that. Nobody popped for Kid and Play, man. What's up?
2: House party movies.
1: Yeah, you... with Kid and oh, Play. Oh, yeah, 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 Kid and Play, remarkable. Can you think of any other hip-hop act that everybody knows? Mm-hmm. They've got the iconic dance, the iconic mm-hmm. hair, the popular movies. Most people can't name a single song by them. In mm-hmm. music, that's very rare. Mm-hmm.
2: That is an iconic duo. That's true. Yep.
1: I don't know. One of my greatest regrets in life is that I never learned to do the kid and play kickstep. <laughs> I'm going to get on that. You must have lived a very uh, privileged life then. We would try it at junior high dances. I really can't dance. But let me tell you, the kid and play, like it just, it, first it takes a partner. Secondly, it takes coordination. It's just, it's, it's more difficult than you think. Western Goods. I watch wrestling ink more than I do Smackdown. This is my chance to plug as I do
2: every week. Smackdown is still your highest-rated wrestling show of the week
1: every week. But Almeida, I agree House Party 1 and 2 are dope. 3 is oof. My wife had never seen the House Party series. We just watched 1 and 2 and then we stopped. Now I will say I've seen part of House Party 4 starring immature and uh there was a joke in it that I really popped for where uh He pretends he's watching Cooley High in the background, and he starts like humming to himself, it's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. Like me and five other people get that joke. I thought that was hilarious. House Party 5, that came out a few years ago, supposedly uh, Kid and Play have a cameo in that, even though it's unrelated. I don't know if I'm I'm allowed to tell you this. I've never seen any of the House Party movies. The first House Party movie is legitimately fantastic. The second one is charming and an okay follow-up, but the first one... Uh, and plus uh, the late great Robin Harris is in it, his kid's father. You will watch this movie and I highly recommend you watch it, Michael. I think you'll like it. I think uh, uh, your significant other will like it. Robin Harris uh, who plays kids. Dad is so goddamn funny. And you think whatever happened to this guy and he died nine days after the movie was released. Oh at my the age God. Of now what's funny about it is in the third one, Bernie Mac plays his brother and Bernie Mac's entire routine, the Bernie Mac show, all that stuff. Yeah. I cannot watch that with thinking about Robin Harris and the comedy he was doing in the eighties. There was an animated film called baby's kids. That's based on one of Robin Harris's comedy routines. Uh, Robin Harris's stand-up was so goddamn hilarious uh, to me when I was a kid and a young teenager and just talk about like going too soon. But I'm telling you, watch the first house party. I think you will highly enjoy it. Huh. How, you know, it came out in 1990. I was coming out in 1990. Two years old. The you know. first great teen movie of the 1990s. Mm. Uh, second great teen movie of the 1990s we watched uh, before it, which was Pump Up the Volume with Christian mm. Slater. Do you ever see that? Mm-mm. Nope. Pump Up the Volume predicted the rise of podcasting. Huh. Interesting. It's about a kid with a uh, pirate radio station. Huh. Did not know that. It's, I, I mean, it is Christian Slater's best film, hands down.
2: You know, he was in um, what was that really terrible movie, Alone in the Dark.
1: <laughs> yes. He was in Hard Rain. He was in Broken yep. Arrow.
2: Oh, yeah. Broken Arrow. There. Yeah. Listen, now, we start talking about 90s action movies. I'm back on board.
1: Face off. Christian Slater was the right age. Christian Slater and Keanu Reeves. Mm-hmm. Was it the exact right age for me to be like, okay, that you know, they're a couple of years older when I was like a young teenager, be like, that's what cool is, mm-hmm. you know. And look at Christian Slater and Heather's pump of the volume. Yeah, just so great. And now I watch what he does, and it's like, oh god, I, god, I gotta go watch Broken Arrow now. Have you <laughs> uh, that's your takeaway from this? I gotta go watch Broken Arrow. I'm
2: sorry, it's a great movie. Yeah, well, I'll watch all the other shit you told me to watch. I'm sorry, good stuff. It was good stuff that Glenn recommended. Hey, uh Sharon Vavar saying Goonies, Raj Geary's
1: Goonies. Oh, fire him. Can you fire Raj? I don't know. Is that possible? I remember this lazy J HBO special, Robin Harris, Chris Rock, Barry Sobel. Oh, I thought Barry Sobel was so funny when I was a kid. Uh, Chris Rock. I remember getting his first comedy tape. I have been in stand-up comedy, like my entire life. I was one of those kids that would get in trouble for going to school and repeating like Eddie Murphy or Richard Pryor material or Robin Williams or stuff that I saw on TV.
2: And now Chris Rock starring in the new Saw movie.
1: I know. And wrote it. I know. We shall see. Anyhow, uh, this on that note (laughs) is perhaps the least wrestling focused episode of the Wrestling Inc Smackdown live recaps, perhaps ever. Perhaps this is the least wrestling focused. And let me tell you uh, to everyone that hung with our numbers actually went up tonight live while we were doing this. So you are the hardcore fans. You are the best. You are the ones that I just. You are the world. I appreciate you the most because you hang with us on nights like tonight. So Monday night, Monday Night Raw, me, Matt Morgan, Raj Geary. Oh, it's going to be so much more on topic. If you love tonight and the podcast, Monday is not going to be tonight. If you love tonight,
2: I'll probably never be invited back. So hope you enjoyed it. (laughs) And this
1: isn't my fault. This
2: is your fault, Glenn.
1: Did I tell you the reveal we found out last Monday? No. People in the chat room were making jokes about Raj back. At WrestleMania, and Raj said, "What's Raj back?" And I was like, <laughs> dude,
0: dude, like, oh.
2: that's. <sighs> have you watched? Have you watched any of the
1: Raj Ryback podcasts? I listened to one of them, and I thought it was good. I thought Raj did well. I thought uh, I think Ryback is a super fascinating guy. I, I think it's so weird to watch Ryback, and this is not um it's just and raj
2: does a great job this is not a slam on raj at all but like if you watch that podcast the setup for it is so weird the the computer out there in the front like if you listen to it it's one thing like watching it but Ryback back is just like i watch some of those videos he does where he's he's eating food he's such a weird dude <laughs> Isn't he? He like goes off on tangents, and then he like pops up the oh, screen for a yeah. little bit. Screw people like that go like,
1: on for golf on tangents. God, they're the worst. No, he's like,
2: but he's like, but his tangents aren't are interesting. Like ours, like we give real life advice on this show. Like this
1: show is like a, this is your life segment, right? Raj, I mean, Ryback right show, not so much. I enjoyed what I've heard of it. I think he's a really fascinating guy. I think Raj story. is really insightful. I know Raj is busy running his business. I did not you know insult
2: Raj. Just let it be known. I'm gonna get, you're going to get my ass fired, Glenn, and I'm going to have to come to He'll be California. Mm-hmm. He'll be
1: fine. Who are, who are they going get on Friday nights, Michael? You're fine. Nobody's even watching this. <laughs> those aren't real people 420 people there's a bots. okay we're gonna wrap this up now because uh who knows maybe i'm gonna go watch house party 3 just for uh the hell... maybe i'll watch kid and play in class act so they made a movie separate from the house party series they were like laurel and hardy they said we're gonna put kid and play in more movies they were like gene wilder and richard Pryor. you probably don't get that reference but that's uh-huh. okay richard Pryor, superman 3 gene Got wilder stir crazy see no evil hear no evil like they were in multiple movies together yep gene that wilder. To more of a thing that used to be no but that used to be more an older thing like you'd be like oh i love watching these two people together let's put them in movies together it's like when uh john uh it's like when john c Riley and will ferrell make movies together that's probably the closest thing to
2: it yep yep they, well, I mean, the movie, the movie industry used to also be a lot more star-driven too, right? I mean, like nowadays, it's a lot more, I think, writer and creative-driven. And like back – I mean, The Rock is, I think, the accept- – let's bring like, this wrestling relevant, right? Sure, the Rock sure. is the exception to that because The Rock, putting his name on a marquee, does draw people in. And there are very few people with that level of cachet, I think, around in 2020. Um, I mean, a lot of great actors, don't get me wrong, but if I put Christian Bale on the marquee, Ford versus Ferrari is a great example of this. It doesn't automatically mean people are going to show up like it did – in the seventies, eighties and nineties. And I think that's a big swing away from.
1: It's not making. quite, uh, there are people like the rock uh, that is very star, like yep. they can drive. Uh, but let me just give two quick recommendations based on uh, things that I <laughs> blazing saddles. You want to watch a movie that could not be made today. Yep. I'll argue also along those uh, lines, watch the original bad news bears. Mm-hmm. Oh Have yeah, you seen absolutely. Original? Yes. Yes. And when yes. I was a kid, it's weird that my father showed me that it was like, you are <laughs> a child. You will <laughs> like this movie. It has kids in it. And it's about baseball. And I loved it. And then you grow older. And it's like, holy shit. This is what they were showing to children. And now you don't know what's going on with the Astros. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Let them play chance from Breaking. Now I'm of the rare opinion that Let bad news bears and breaking training. I actually kind of like that more than the first movie. I love the first movie. Love Tatum O'Neill. Love Walter Matthau. Love the edginess of the R rating. But man, Bad News Bears and Breaking Training, I've probably seen that movie 200 times. That was on TV all the time when I was a kid. Absolutely love it. Uh, But let me give uh, quick recommendations of some things that caught my eye recently because we talk about this here. Uh, Finally Watch Knives Out. Okay, yes! Holy cow! Yeah, that was a great movie. That was really, really good. Uh, Took a little while to get going and I had that thing where at first I was like, oh this is the movie everyone's been raving about but then 20 minutes in I was like, hell yeah. Uh, Of course, Parasite won best Picture I've talked about before, Parasite, I think it's the best movie I've seen in years. But I finally last night, that was watched... a great movie too. Echo I the recommendation. Finally watched the Harley Quinn cartoon that's on DC streaming platform. Yeah. The, have you seen that? Yeah. 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 It's like the first episode of it. Yeah. No, like hard R, yeah. very yeah. adult yeah. humor, yep. like yep. freaking very funny. Very, very funny. I'm very impressed with that. So that's why I'm gonna go and finish watching, watch the first four episodes. Uh last night, gonna probably catch up tonight on that. We'll catch you back here Monday on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. He's at the real Wiseman. I'm at Glenn Rubenstein. Send your tweets our way. Uh feel free to give us a follow. And hey, if you like tonight, if you like tonight's format, let it be known. I don't get you know, recommendations
2: in this. Come on, Glenn. Yeah, okay, get get,
1: recommendations hit him with something. What do you got? All right. Got? I, I
2: gotta give you two recommendations. I go see every movie that comes out now because we got that AMC movie pass, whatever nonsense, right? Okay, okay. okay i am doing terrible at the box office it was a hell of a lot of fun you mentioned harley quinn birds, go of, see prey. birds of prey
1: great it's a it's a it's a looney tune movie i dug yeah, it it's a, yes it's a live action cartoon and people yes. don't get that people yeah. do not understand that and that's why they're confused yeah and then um you know what i will just put this out there
2: you're gonna i'm gonna get judgment for this i don't care i'm a kid of the 90s sonic i had a good time with sonic it was hmm. fun it was fun anyway Parasite. Oh. you're right Parasite. go
1: see that one first the Par- Machinist Parasite's good. And if you never saw Snow Piercer, Snow Piercer, like. Snow Piercer is one of my favorite movies of the last decade. I'm so looking forward to the TV show.
2: That movie, mm. like,
1: blew my mm. mind. Have you seen the Westworld season three trailer? I no, just want to say. I watched oh. all season one, then season two kind of lost me a little bit. Mm. Mm. Oh, but you know, 48 hours from now, Better Call Saul comes back. Two night yep. event on AMC. Shit, I got to do the podcast Monday. I got to figure mm. out a way to watch that and do the podcast. Oh. Decisions, decisions. Broken Arrow on my list for the weekend. All right. <laughs> okay, y'all have a good weekend. We'll get you back here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care.